Our passage this morning is from Luke 24. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus." He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Hey, we we were clapping this morning. We got the juice rolling. Good morning. Uh, Hey, I think we're in double digits on our series on Life with the Spirit, which is about the time when we start clapping during songs, I'd say. So that's right on on time. Just how God works, always on time. I've been wondering this week a little bit, um, I wonder, what do we do before, like, podcasts, you know? What do we, like, before books? Or like, I heard somebody say he was listening to a book on tape. I'm like, bro, there's an app for that now. It's called Audible, okay? We don't need tapes. But what do we do before that, you know? Like before, uh, like before Matt Chandler would preach sermons and uh, ask Pastor John, you know, you guys know, ask Pastor John. It's like he asks, answers every question we'd ever want, John Piper. You know, most of you, that's why you think the way you think is because you've asked Pastor John and he's told you how to think, right? Which is great. I love it. But I wonder sometimes, like, what do we, what do, we do before that? Before J.P. Pecluda told us how to date? Like, what do we do? Some of you are like, don't, don't talk about J.P., don't do it, you know? I've been, like, we probably had to, like, pray a lot and, like, ask God 
to lead us. It was probably a hard time, you know. It's probably so challenging. I've been thinking, I'm like, man, 2023, thank God we don't have to do that anymore. I'm just kidding, right? Can you pick up on my sarcasm a bit? Um, Look, I love podcasts, right? Like, you know how Paul talked about last week? He's like, gave a lot of stuff on like speaking in tongues. And then he was like, but I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. You know, that's how I feel about podcasts. I'm like, podcasts, be careful. But I podcast more than all of you. And I thank God I do. Okay. I got always something in my ear. Okay. (laughs) Just so you know. But I wonder sometimes, like the amount of Christian content we have, which praise God, okay, it's amazing. If it actually is one of the biggest restrictions and hindrances to us experiencing the joy and the beauty and the rest and the invitation of the actual voice of God. And we've been talking through life with the Spirit, and in some ways this is one of the more practical ones because I'm going to answer a question that I think we all have intuitively, How do I hear God? How do I hear what he's saying to me? Even that question in and about itself, if you Google it, there's like 47 books on it as well. Okay, so like there's podcasts on how to hear God's voice. It's everywhere. Okay, we all have this question and it's a longing that we have. And in some ways, it's actually something that we feel uncomfortable with too. (laughs) Right, like there's this comedian, Lily Watson, who says, "Why, why is it that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying? But if, but if God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic, you know? <laughs> and with some of us, you feel that, right? Like when somebody comes up to you and they're like, I feel like God's speaking to me. You're like, all right, bro, <laughs> pump the brakes. Go ask Pastor John, okay? Relax. I'm just kidding. All right, enough on Pastor John, right? And, and there's so much helpful stuff on hear, how to hear God's voice. And I'm going to touch on just a, a, a small portion of some of those things this morning as we look at this beautiful story in Luke But in reality, there is no code to crack. And if we think there's a code to crack, we will miss his voice entirely because it's a relationship. Hearing his voice is about hearing a person. It's about knowing a person, loving a person, and knowing his voice. It's about being so utterly dependent on him and reliant on this person, so familiar with who he is and what he does and what he sounds like. That's what hearing his voice is all about. It's actually about a person. And so even this morning, like I don't know how you came in here, how you're feeling, if you're just like barely rolling out, I really believe God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you this morning through his word, through one another, through the still small voice that lives inside of us, the spirit of God within us. He wants to speak to you this morning. And so I'd be foolish right now to just start jumping into it without actually praying and asking that the Lord would speak to us this morning. So if you would, even just as a, as a, with a posture of just openness and saying, God, we want to hear from you, just open up your palms this morning as, as you can, if you're willing and able. Father, we, we want to hear your voice. There's not much that I have to say this morning that hasn't already been said. And so what we need is your voice this morning. We need you to speak to us. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to your children. That's what you long to do. So would you do it in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Well, it's not a code to crack, but it's about a relationship with God. A God who speaks and a God who's always spoken. 
it's who he is and it's what he's always been about. Even in 1 Corinthians 12, which we read a couple weeks ago, he talks about this is the transfer of salvation. He says that you, you were once pagans who were led astray and swept along with speechless idols, mute idols, but you've been saved and redeemed into a God who is not mute, but a God who speaks. A God who's always spoken. He's contrasting these two ways of life, one that drifts off on their own intuition, on their own way, and then one who hears and responds to the voice of our speaking God. He's always spoken. In the beginning, the earth was formless and without void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. The, the, word is, the world is created through the spoken word of God. At least 10 more times it says, and then God said, he speaks creation into his existence. He creates with his voice and then he moves the narrative of the scriptures along with his voice. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land and I will show you. And then to Moses, it says, when, the Lord's, when, when, when he saw that the, the Lord and the, and the burning bush, it says that God spoke to him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And then from Abraham and Moses, God would speak through the prophets who were to be his mouthpiece to the people. And he, they would say, thus says the Lord. He speaks, he's always spoken. And then Jesus, he bursts into the scene. And in John 1, it says that he was the Word became flesh. It was the spoken word of God embodied in a human being. And then he comes as a rabbi, as a teacher, speaking and preaching the message of the kingdom of God, where people would say, no one has ever spoke like this man before. And then God sends his spirit into us, his breath, to, to both reveal the nearness of God, the same way he breathed in to Adam in the beginning, and to reveal to us his spoken breath. And so most of us might know these things, but it's actually what would, they would have in mind as they heard John 10 when Jesus says this to them, the simplicity of following Jesus. He says this, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And some of you, you're like, I know that, Cam. God speaks, I get it. But some of us are really comfortable with a God who has spoken, who has said things. But moving into a God who is currently speaking to us feels unfamiliar. It feels uncomfortable. It feels like, oh, I don't know about all of that. But that is what Jesus says, discipleship 101. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I mean, we can make Christianity super hard, right? Like we can find all the complications, all the stuff, and it, sometimes it can be confusing, but Jesus loves to simplify things, and that's what he's doing right here. My sheep, they listen to my voice. I, I know them, and they follow me. And so what does it mean this morning? That's what we're going to talk about. What does it mean to follow the way of our good shepherd, to hear his voice and to listen to him? Pete Gregg, one of our favorite authors, he, he says, learning to hear God's voice, his word, and his whisper is the single most important thing that you will ever do. And I find that true in my own life. Knowing his voice is the most important, most powerful, most beautiful thing I've ever 
experienced. And I think you have too. Or I think he's going to lead us into experiencing and knowing his voice all the more. And I'm going to talk this morning about how he speaks to us through his word, through his whisper, and through just kind of tagging on to last week a little bit, through the prophetic or through prophecy. And I want to say here, even this morning, the foundation of our life is the Bible, okay? Everything we move from is this foundation of the scriptures. But the trajectory and the arc of our life is moved by his voice. here's, Here's what I mean by that, right? Like, like, there's just some things that are just, like, set in stone, you know? Like, I, I'm a, the, 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 the children of God will be led by the Spirit of God. I, I have some things I'm just like, I'm going to do, you know? Like, we're going to make disciples. We're going to love mercy. We're going to do justice. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to love our neighbors and our family. Word of God. That's, that's foundational. That's what we're going to do. But isn't it interesting that we all do that in completely different ways, Right? That the Spirit leads us in different ways to do those things. That his voice and the leading of the Spirit isn't outside the Scriptures, but is the application of the Scriptures. So if we don't have an awareness of his voice and his leading, then we're just kind of trying to play Bible roulette here. Like, all right, let me see, what should I do today? You know, let me just flip this random passage open, which isn't actually entirely bad. Sometimes God still speaks to that because he's so desperate to speak to us. But there is a leading that his voice wants to do. It's the promise of Scripture that the children of God will be led by the Spirit of God, and He leads us by His voice. That it's not just for the pastors or the super spiritual or the spiritual elite, but it is for the everyday, ordinary, average Jesus follower, which we actually all are. And I actually love that. That's what He says. Isn't it interesting? The identity that He gives us as He says that they hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Not like my clever foxes hear my voice or my super intelligent labradoodles, you know? I know some of you guys are like huge labradoodles people and they're so smart, right? Is that right? Labradoodles? All right, I got that one. He says, my sheep. I don't know if you know much about sheep, but sheep are like really dumb, okay? They're like not smart, like at all. Like, I guess a sheep, like you can only see like three feet at a time, okay? So sheep just literally like kind of just wander around. Like they don't know what they're doing. If you just let a sheep be, he will just like walk right off a cliff. And they're just like right to his death, you know? Like can't see, just walking. Oh no, cliff, there it goes. I'm done, you know? Sheep are not smart. He's not being encouraging here. It's like, you sheep of God. You know, that's not what he's saying. He's like, my, my sheep, my simple, not that intelligent, not that smart sheep. They're the ones that hear my voice. So it's, it's for everyone. And, and in fact, it's, it's more, it seems to be that the more sheep-like you are, the more dependent you are, the more aware of your lack of intelligence or your like ability to just like fall off a cliff at any moment, at any time, the more likely you are to hear his voice and to know his voice. A couple weeks ago, we had a, we had a prayer night that Jeremy talked about, which is incredible. And we were actually talking about some of these things, how to, how to listen to and hear God's voice. And we just created space to try to like hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And, and uh, I was feeling a little anxious because we like, had a lot of kids there. <laughs> and I was like, these kids are going to be so distracting. <laughs> like no one's going to hear God's voice. It's going to be horrible. They're just going to hear all these kids. And, I, and, I, and to be honest, I just felt like a, 
like, oh gosh, I felt so convicted by the Spirit of God in a way that was saying, Kim, you're taking yourself so seriously. And, and it was almost like saying, like, like if, you, if, you, if, you don't, if you think these kids are going to be a distraction, they're, they're actually far more in line with those who hear my voice than those who are trying to make something happen. You ever, you ever feel that? You feel that like trying to make something happen with God? Like, oh, God, I need to hear you right now. And you're just like trying so hard. Sometimes the more serious we take ourselves, the harder we try, it's almost like it has this reverse effect, but it's, it's our sheepness, the simplicity, the dependence, the childlikeness in us that actually hears his voice. So how do we hear his voice? God's word, God's whisper, and then we'll talk about prophecy. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, God's word. You want to hear God speak, open up your Bible, read it out loud. Boom, there it is, right? You want to hear the voice of God, read it out loud, right? Which is true, amen. I'm like, so, I'm like, yes, that is true. We've already heard God's voice today in a real way. We have. Being kind of sarcastic, kind of true, right? But that says a lot about the way we view God's word, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's funny the way that we actually do these things, the way that we actually do this Bible roulette, that we just kind of open up things and hope that maybe, maybe he'll speak to us, maybe he'll give me the right thing at the right time. But there's even a deeper question here. How do you relate to God's word? What is your relationship to God's word? Literally, like, what's the feeling that comes up when I say that? Is it, is it, bo- is it boredom? Is it discipline? Is it information, or or is it like the psalmist says, because this is meant to be the experience of God's word, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter to honey than my mouth. I've heard some people say the most unread book in the church, (laughs) the Bible, you know, all the content. I'm really going in on the content today. These are some that I wasn't even planning on it. But oftentimes we don't read the Bible because we actually don't enjoy it. We don't, we don't find the life there that we are promised, and I'm wondering if that has more to do with us or with God, because he did not write it to bore us. God is the most exciting, creative, compelling being in the universe. And so maybe the problem, maybe, maybe it's with how we read it, maybe it's, or at least just the way that we experience it. See, because if you've read this book enough and if you've had enough experiences with the presence of God, you know that there's a difference between reading the Bible on your own versus reading the Bible in the presence of God. And that's essentially what we see here in Luke 24, right? Isn't it an interesting story? <laughs> this is a beautiful story. I, I can't even tap on all the cool things that are in this story, okay? So I, I, honestly, like, I encourage you to just go meditate on this thing, read it, think about it. But think, there's these two disciples, they've been, they've been around Jesus for a while, and they're, they're feeling discouraged, disappointed, that the Jesus, the, the, the king that they thought that they were going to follow, had totally disappointed them. We thought this was the guy, and here he is, dead. He's not with us anymore. And they're walking along, and Jesus, who they don't recognize as Jesus, kind of pops in, and he's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? They're like, bro, have you not heard? Are you the only one who doesn't know? Jesus of Nazareth, the one mighty in deed and power and word, we thought he was the guy and he wasn't. And then Jesus, he, he continues on and he, he, he explains to them. I love this. It says that he talked with them and he explains to them what the word of God is actually meant to be. He explains to them the scriptures and the prophecies and says it was all about him. And even then they don't get it. Isn't that amazing? You can read this thing and not get it. You can open the book and be like, ah, Seemed great. And you can miss it. But then Jesus opens their eyes to see. 
what the word is doing. That's what it says. It says, then their eyes were open and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight and they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Is that your feeling when you read? Like, oh, my heart is just on fire right now. I want to say that is the, that is the, the goal of reading the scriptures, to read it until your heart burns. And why not? Why, why isn't that not the thing? Sometimes it's just a season. It's a season of God building endurance and faithfulness and discipline in you. But I think that's meant to be a season. It could be just because we're going for information and, and, and just trying to get content out of the book. But we're meant to pray the scriptures, interact with the scriptures. Our heart is meant to be on fire as we sense what the Spirit is doing. He doesn't just want to give you information, but he wants to talk with you. That's what he says next, right? Where our, heart not, where our heart's not burning within us while he talked with us on the road. I mean, what do you go to the Bible for? L- literally, let me ask you, what do you go to the scriptures for? If it's just to check off your reading plan or accomplish a task, which I understand also, I'm a, that's a great thing. Or is it to come to hear a word from God spoken to you through his living word, that it's active? I had a buddy who, who was kind of in this kind of season where he's like, I just want to fast and pray and seek the Lord. And he was reading in Isaiah 58 about fasting. And he had, he had his mind set, like, I'm about to do this thing. Like, I'm just, I'm really going to, I just want to see what God is saying to me doing. And had, 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 had these like kind of conversations off in the distance about this international student who was in their ministry and how she needed housing for the next kind of next season of their life. And it was just kind of floating off, but he hadn't thought about it at all. That was not at all what he was doing, but he was focusing, praying. And he said he was reading in Isaiah 58, thinking about himself, fasting. And out of nowhere, it says, and you will provide safety and refuge to the foreigner. And he's like, he called his wife right there. They've been married for like three months. He's like, yo, this is, I think this is what God is asking us to do. She said she read the exact same thing at the exact same time. It's crazy, right? God speaks to us through our word. He can redirect us. Are you open to that as you read the book? Like just in your everyday, normal, boring Bible reading, are you open to God redirecting or are you just kind of trying to add something to your day? Let me, let me get that little spiritual shot so I can get through the day. I'm just telling you, that's not a bad thing, but you will not experience the fullness of the voice of God without the expectation that he can speak to us through his word. And then he says this, that he, it was all concerning himself, right? He said, how foolish you are, how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then it says this, in the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The book is about Jesus. In fact, that Jesus writes himself into the story. Hebrews 1 says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Jesus is the living word of God. He opens up the scriptures. We cannot interpret them, understand them, make sense of them, experience them without Jesus. And so he is the one who has the power to do that. So a couple practicals here on hearing God's voice. We've said some of these things before. Hearing God's voice as we read the scriptures. One, read the Psalms. The scriptures are not just in information, but it's a book to be interacted with. And the Psalms engage our heart. Read the Psalms until you hear your voice in the Psalms. He tends to be revealing us to us so much of the time. 
That's one, two. Read the Gospels and read them slowly. Don't always just look for the information or the cool thing to pull out, but, 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 but immerse yourself in the story. Engage your imagination in your heart to sense what the Spirit is saying to you. Put yourself in the stories of Jesus. Who are you in this story? Sometimes it might be Jesus. Most of the time, probably not, okay? But you'll begin to sense and see the, the speaking word of Jesus. Even this week, man, I had some... There, there's a story in John chapter 21 where, where, where <laughs> Jesus is talking, saying, have you any fish? And that meant nothing to me. I don't fish. I don't like wildlife that much. I'm sorry to disappoint you. And I was just wrecked thinking, have I any fish? And even right now, you're like, that means nothing. I don't know. It was, he was speaking to me through this story, tapping into saying, do you, have any, do you have anything without me? You don't. I was moved by it, just sitting in the story, imagining myself there. And the Spirit does that. That's what the stories are meant to do, the gospel stories. And then three, just do whatever reading plan you're doing, but invite the Spirit to speak to you. This won't happen usually without a reading plan, you know, like creating a space, creating a time, getting someplace where you know what you're going to read, what you're going to do. But just invite the Spirit to speak to you there. So God speaks to us through his word, but he also speaks to us through a whisper, what the scriptures call a still, small voice. I don't know if you know the story, but it's in, in 1 Kings. There's this prophet Elijah, and he's just had this crazy supernatural breakthrough. He was one-on-one, mano-a-mano with the prophets of Baal. They're all asking Baal to do something. Elijah's by himself asking God to do something. Baal, silent, mute, didn't do it. God did it. Okay, so he's like, yo, I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, he begins to be persecuted and attacked and ran out of the city. And this like, confident prophet all of a sudden is like, really scared and afraid, and he's hiding in a cave. And in this moment, we see so clearly what the voice of God often is like. He's hiding in a cave, and it says this, And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, he had wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I think sometimes we think like, if God were to really speak to me, I'd really know it, you know? Like you ever be looking for a sign? (laughs) I just need a sign from God right now. I have this like, I have this like real, I don't know what to do to go left, to go right. And I just, I think I need like a sign from God right now. Maybe, maybe that's fine if you have, I hear that a lot. But, but the reality is, again, that says a lot of how we think that God would speak to us. Dallas Willard, he says, the more intimate you get with somebody, the smaller the communication begins, Right? Right, like I think of like a, like let's say a real estate agent who I don't know is trying to communicate to me to say, hey, you should buy a house through me. What do they do? They put a billboard up or they put a TV commercial out, right? They, they, they're trying to communicate to me, but I don't know them. I don't, they don't know me. So what do they use? They use a sign. They use some kind of big thing to try to get my attention, right? But think about the people that you really know, that you really love, the people that you like walk really closely with. You don't be putting signs out for them to see you. You send them a text message, <laughs> right? 
like a, like, two, like, like, like a married couple who walks on the trail, sometimes they just don't even talk for like 10 minutes. And that's usually not a sign that something's wrong, but something's really right, you know? Like we're, we're doing good. The closer you get, the actual more intimate and smaller communication gets. So the deeper we walk with God, the more actually we're aware of his still, small voice. And the scriptures, they inform us oftentimes of how God comes to us, like the simplicity the, the, the gentleness, even in the garden, when, when Adam and Eve, when they sin and run and hide from God, what does he, how does he come? Not with this big, booming voice, but he says, Adam, where are you? Right to Elijah, he says, what are you doing here? Or even on the road to Emmaus, Jesus just pops in and he says, what are you guys talking about? The voice of God booms in. What are you guys talking about? Is that, the, is that how you would interpret or sense or, or expect the voice of God? It's almost as if, like, the goal of hearing his voice is conversation and relationship. And that we're not usually, like, robots or employees, like, waiting for the next instruction. Like, do this now. Yes, Lord. Do this. Yes, God. You know? It's not how he works. He comes into our hearts. He asks us questions through this still, small voice. So a couple ways that this looks like. It looks like questions. It looks like these things. Jesus asking us these questions. Even through his word this week. Have you any fish, Cam? I don't, God, I don't have any fish. You know? Sometimes he speaks through just identity. And he speaks who you are over you. That you can just sense and feel I'm loved by God. Think about this. We hear the audible voice of God three times in the New Testament. Okay, Two times, you know what he says? The exact same thing. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That's what he says at Jesus' baptism. And then Jesus and, and the three, they go up the mountain. And you know what it says? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then they say, listen to him. The voice of God, it'll speak identity into our hearts. Sometimes it'll feel like impressions. Right? These, these kind of like instinctual thoughts that you should do something. Right, these like just knowings in your gut, like your stomach drops, you start to get a little hot. You just know I'm supposed to do something right now. And and some of us we've just ignored those senses and like that was weird. That was a little over spiritual. I must have had too much coffee. I must have you know I don't know that Chipotle hit a little different. I went to the you know you know so that we can over spiritualize those things or we can get into our own intentions. Well, do I really want to do that? I probably just want you know glory for me. So I'm just not going to do it at all. But I want to encourage you seriously. Make it your ambition. That every time you have a prompting from the Spirit, just go for it. To call that friend or to send that text, to say hi to that stranger, and just make it your love offering to God. It's basically saying, I'm so desperate to hear from you that I'm willing to risk and receive all the awkwardness and all the excitement and everything in between because I want to hear your voice. He He speaks through these impressions. You've had those. You've had those moments where you're like, I don't know why this person's in my mind right now. I just feel like I should text them. It's paying attention. It's taking notice of those things. The Spirit is always doing stuff like that. And even this morning, I just want to make it aware. Like, he's doing that. That's, that's him. He wants to speak to you through impressions. Sometimes he'll do it through phrases and song lyrics. Like, sometimes I just wake up with, like, a worship song in my head that I listened to, like, three weeks ago. And there'd be a time where I'd be like, that was weird. But to be honest, now I'm just like... I just think that's the Lord, like singing that over me or speaking to me, or I just sing that throughout the whole day. I, I just want to grow in the trust that he's, he's speaking to me. That's probably him. Sometimes he'll, he'll put pictures in your head. 
You'll have dreams, visions, if we want to be super spiritual, but it's just pictures. Because God has direct access to your imagination. He has access to your mind and to your thinking. Right? And some of you are like, I don't know how that would be. Let's just, can, I do, can we do an activity really quick? Just, just close your eyes really quick. I just want you to picture a mountain. Do you see a mountain? Crazy, huh? Open your eyes. Wow. Did everybody got a picture of a mountain in their head, right? Like you could see the mountain. God has, why would we think that God doesn't have access to our imagination? We see pictures. We, we, we have these thoughts and these intuitive things that like I just think God is speaking to me. He gives us pictures to, to share with other people, pictures for ourselves. Sometimes we'll have images of like, it seems like God is doing something to this person. And it's this beautiful thing and it's, it's actually how he's speaking to us. And I, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of pictures worth a thousand words. Isn't that true? <laughs> like one picture. Like I could just get a word in my head, but I get a picture. That thing has legs, man. That thing could mean something here, something here, something here. It's how God speaks to us. It's, it's how he's always spoken in a lot of ways. Jeremy talked about that last week. In the Old Testament, you just look. It's like he's always just dropping these beautiful imageries into people's minds. That's how he speaks. He can give pictures and images into our minds and into our imaginations. And now let me be clear. All of this has to fit right into the, confi- into the confines of God's word. If anything is outside of scripture, it's not God's voice. If anything contradicts scripture, it's not his voice. It's not his leading. It's not what he's up to or doing. But don't overdo that either. <laughs> I, I sometimes just like ask a question. When you feel that impression, when you have like, maybe I should share this picture with somebody. Maybe I should do this thing. Just ask, would God like that thing? And if the answer is yes, just do it. I'm, I doubt he's up to like, oh, God, I hate when he stops and says hi to people. It's so annoying. I didn't tell you to do that. Like, what? Would God like that thing? And then just do it. Just act. And as you do these things, as you step out, the, the, you grow in your understanding. It's how you grow in the familiarity of his voice. So his word his whisper, and then through prophecy. And Jeremy talked about this last week, right? 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And we called, the pro- we called prophecy or the prophetic supernatural encouragement last week. We said it's when the Spirit of God reveals something to us to share with someone else, and it's meant to be strengthening, comforting, and encouraging. And don't you feel a need for that? It's like if you're feeling weak or a little uncomfortable in life or discouraged, could use, a, could use some prophecy in my life. You know, like I could use somebody to speak to me. And sometimes we like, I don't know what that's going to look like, Cam. I, I, have, I have no idea. That sounds amazing, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's for me. But I, I actually believe in here, like we have people who are aware, like you have this gifting in you, but it's just never been taught. You've never had any space for it. You, you've never even really heard about it. And you've had senses or impressions or pictures for people that you're like, that was weird. I don't know. Let me just keep going on with life. But I want to say, like, this is something that the Spirit wants to do in and through our people. I think of Samuel, okay, one of the the great judges, prophets. The first time he hears the Lord's voice, he's he's got a mentor in the faith, a prophet before him. He's got this, and he's like, he hears something, he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs up, he's like, what'd you say, bro? He's like, I didn't say anything. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go back. 
He's just working on stuff. Samuel, Samuel, right? He hears it again. He's like, what'd you say? He's like, I don't know. He does it one more time. He goes back to what he's doing. He hears it again and he walks up. And then finally the guy has the, the discernment to say, oh, I think that's God. I think that's his voice. Think about that. How often we've probably heard his voice, but we just didn't know. We want to we be a church that, that is aware of and training and equipping people to hear his voice. That's what we're about. So there's people in here, I know you have that gift. You hear his voice. He wants to invite you to risk and to encourage people. And in some ways you're like, ah, what does that actually do, you know? How, how, why is that actually helpful? And it's actually because to be seen by God, which is often the case with prophecy, to be seen by God, to really be known by God, not just to have this kind of bland application of the scriptures to my mind and to my heart, but to, but to be seen by God is one of the most powerful and effective things that we will ever experience. Like I think of this in John 1, right? Nathaniel, he's got like the least cool calling, like no boat, no fish, no nothing. But Jesus comes up to Nathaniel and he goes, Nathaniel, I saw you underneath that fig tree, bro. I know you. And Nathaniel, who literally moments before was just being told about Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. He's like, what good could come out of Nazareth? There's no way he's the guy. And this is all Jesus says to him. Literally, he goes, Nathaniel, I, saw, I know you. You were praying underneath the fig tree. And he, the first person to identify, you are the son of God. That's, when, that's Nathaniel's response. And even Jesus, he's like, bro, you're going to see way cooler stuff than that. Okay, I promise. Right? But think about that. All he was doing, he was praying. And, and fig trees are symbolic to be a place of prayer, right? He's underneath the fig tree trying to connect with God. And all Jesus says is, I saw you there. And he's like, oh, God, you're it. You're the one. Can I say that's where the power of the prophetic is? To be seen by God. Some of you are just feeling stuck right now. And all you need is just to be seen by God, to be say, I see you. I know where you're at. I know what you're going through. And I can tell you that from the stage, right? I can be like, God sees you. You'd be like, great. But when somebody gives you a word that hits your heart at the right time, at the right moment, it's where breakthrough can come. It's where Jesus can move from this theory to the reality of who he is. And can I tell you that my, my life has been moved and shaped and empowered by words at the right time, at the right moment for me. And I want you to know that's the kind of church that we want to be. We want to be a church that is led by the voice of God, by the Spirit of God. Right? That's, that's why when we ask the question all the time, we say, who, God, who do you want us to be as a church? What we're doing is we're saying, God, we need your voice. We need you to speak to us. We need you to lead us. Because there are so many other voices out there. There are people telling you to do this. this you you want to do ministry, do it this way. You want to do, that stuff is all great, but we, wanna, we don't want to be led by other voices. We want your voice. We want to follow what it is that you're doing. And even for us individually, think of all the voices that are trying to tell you what to do with your life. There's an influencer for everything right now. <laughs> trying to influence you, trying to tell you, buy this, do this, do that. So many voices. But to say, I just want to be led by you. I want your voice. Andrew Murray, one of my favorite authors, South African guy from the 1800s, he says, nothing so effectually hinders hearing God's voice as opening the heart too much to other voices. A heart too deeply interested in the news, this is 1800s, in the news, well, I don't even know how they had news then, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just reading that right now, thinking, uh, what do you mean, bro? Somebody, somebody modernized that, I think. 
sorry. A heart too deeply interested in the news, the literature, and the society of this world cannot hear his divine voice. It needs stillness, retreat, and a concentration to give God what he claims. It's a promise to hear his voice. It's a promise to be led. He says those who are the sons and the daughters of God will be led by the Spirit of God. He can speak to you. And not only can he, he wants to. It's a promise. And so I have some invitations for, you, for us this morning. And I, we're going to have some people in the back that will be ready to pray. But I, I, just, I just want you to see, see what he's doing in you, even right now. Sense these invitations. Some of you are just hungry right now. You're hungry for his voice. Like, I want that. I need that. I've been missing that. I know his word, but I need his voice. Go to the back. Ask someone to pray for you and say, I, we just want to say, God, speak to this person. Speak to them. Another invitation, if you feel like you're in a season of transition, like you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe you just got into something new, maybe you're transitioning out of something. Moments of transition are almost always some of the most profound times that God speaks to us. Moments of discernment, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go next. We're going to have people in the back ready to pray with you. And then three, if you feel like you've just drifted out on your own, I feel like you've been listening to like a bunch of other voices. Like you're just like disconnected. I had this picture this week of just like this, this boat anchored and somebody lifting up the boat and the boat just kind of drifting off into sea and just wherever the waves take it, it's going. Maybe that's just how you feel right now. You're just like, man, I feel like I've just been drifting. Like I'm listening to other voices. I got other waves. I got other winds that are directing me and it's not this anchor to God's voice. And I'm really slow to do this stuff, but I just feel like the Lord is maybe inviting you to just to, for a moment of just like repentance and saying, God, I'm sorry, and I want to hear your voice. So we have people in the back. If you feel a hunger for his voice, if you're in a season of transition, or you just feel like you need to confess that I've not been listening to your voice, I've been listening to so many other voices. We have people in the back ready to pray, or, or to be honest, the, just pray with somebody next to you. Ask them to pray for you. Let's pray together, and then we'll keep rolling. Father, thank you. Thank you that you speak to us. It's your promise to speak to your children. And so even this morning, we know that you want to speak to us. These words are helpful, but they're nothing in comparison to your word, your spoken word. You're the God who speaks and is still speaking. And so Jesus, even right now as we sit in the quiet, would you, would you speak to us? Would you make us a church who's saying, God, lead us by your voice. Help us to get in touch with our inner sheepness, our, our humility, the, the, the dependent us. And speak to us, God. We love you. We thank you that you're a speaking God. We thank you for the simplicity of what it means to follow Jesus, to know your voice, and that you know us. So we just ask you to keep speaking, God. Amen. Amen.